Welcome to Theology on the Go, a brief interview podcast from placefortruth.org. Place for Truth is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, which we'd encourage you to visit. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive free resources from the Alliance. Dr. Joel Beakey is president of Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary and pastor of Heritage Netherlands Reformed Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He has written many books and articles, including ones on our subject today. Today we're talking about the doctrine of adoption. So I'll just start right with this. What does the New Testament mean when it talks about our adoption by God? Well, Jonathan, it talks about adoption by God into the family of God, and to be invested with all the privileges that belong to that family. So much as you think of children being adopted into a household and having all the same rights and the same love, the same privileges as children who are biological, so when the New Testament speaks of it being adopted into the family of God, it it means that through the blood of Christ, our elder brother, who makes satisfaction for our sins, we are reckoned as children of God, and his righteousness is imputed to us. So God judicially, forensically, can bring us into his family, and we receive all the privileges of the children of God. Now, is it true, as some people will use the term, that all people are God's children? And if so, how does that differ from what you're talking about when you describe adoption? Yes, well... All people are God's children only in the, ter- in the sense of creation. He, he's the father of us all in terms of creation, of course. But when it comes to recreation, uh, being born again, uh, adoption is something that accrues to us when we're, we're reborn. And that comes through, uh, the fruit of that is immediately faith and repentance and, and justification. And so we really can't say that everyone is a child of God in a saving sense. That's only for the children of God who've been born again, brought to faith and repentance. They are the ones adopted into the family of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're distinguishing between being children of God by virtue of creation and being God's children by virtue of adoption, which results in all these saving benefits. Correct. Now, Can you talk about what the benefits are for understanding adoption in terms of our sanctification? You've talked about justification and these other aspects related to our initial entrance into God's family. But what about the benefits for sanctification? How important is it for me to understand my adoption in order for me to live the Christian life? Yes, well, once you understand that you're not only justified, forgiven of your sins, and have a right to eternal life, which we call justification, but that you're also adopted into the family of God, then just like a child that's very grateful, you want to please your your, your father, you want to live for him. So sanctification is simply a living out of one's adoption and, and sonship. Um, There was a Puritan named Thomas Brooks who said this. He said, if you're a holy person, then 
you are made of a child of wrath to become a child of God and a child of love. And from an heir of hell, you become an heir of heaven. And from a slave, you become a son. And once you realize that, you see, then your whole attitude, your whole demeanor of living wholly and solely to God just becomes one that you desire to do. And you, you grieve over every sin you commit because it, every sin is really a contradiction of belonging to the family of God. Would you say in your counseling situations that people who are Christians uh, don't understand very well the doctrine of adoption? Is it something that's in need of further preaching, further explanation? I mean, generally speaking, has that been your experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've often said something like this, that adoption and the intercession of Christ are probably the two most um, neglected doctrines of the Bible, even from a Reformed theological perspective. Uh, they've, they've been so undermined and so uh, minimized, marginalized, when they're so primary. Uh, some of the Puritans even argued that adoption should be regarded as a summary of all the benefits of salvation, because this is really the apex. The apex is not justification, but, but adoption. Hmm. Um, and they argued that from Ephesians 1, where the word um, adoption is used to comprehend the whole. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse 5, where Paul says, um, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. So adoption there seems to summarize the whole of salvation. It seems that in the New Testament, adoption has a present aspect, which you've touched on, and also a future aspect, because in that Ephesians 1 passage, isn't there a, a future hope connected with our adoption, our inheritance to come? Mm-hmm. Yes, very, very good thought. Yes, indeed. And and in, in eternity in heaven, of course, that adoption will be fully realized and there'll be no need for for any sanctification. The, the curious thing about adoption is it's sort of got one foot into justification because it's the immediate fruit of, of being justified. We brought into the family of God. And then it's got its other foot in sanctification because just like a child born in the family, okay, that child's state is now in the family because it's mm-hmm. a bona fide child, but the child has to live out those 20 years under parental authority and, and live out as a child, and there's disobedience and there's ups and downs, and, and, and so it is with adoption spiritually. Uh, our sanctification is not perfect, but one day it'll be perfect. It will be perfect sons and perfect uh, have a perfect relationship with Christ forever. Hmm. Now, you've used the word sons, and um, that's because that's the word that the New Testament uses. Is there an, an important reason to maintain that language of sonship rather than making it more generic, children, or something like that? Yeah, that's a sensitive question today, but um, I, I think we're safest following biblical language, and women should include themselves in that much as they're included in the word mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. We get the question in reverse, we men, when we're always uh, talking about being married to Christ. Hmm. <laughs> in our day of um, with the whole issue of homosexuality, some men are feeling uncomfortable talking about being married to Christ. Mm-hmm. But 
we have to understand of these spiritual benefits that this is these spiritual benefits are stripped of all these uh, sexual um, um, biological overtones and and God is using these things as 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 words that help us grasp the closeness of our relationship with him so uh, someone wants to say sons and daughters of God. I mean, I, I have no problem with that theologically, although I think scripturally it just speaks of sons of God and the, the, the females Im, implicitly included in that. Sure, sure. Another, another example, of course, would be circumcision in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the children were considered to be have the sign of the covenant, even though the, the female didn't get the actual sign on her right. own body. Right, right. No, that's very helpful. Those are helpful analogies. You've mentioned the Puritans a couple of times, and I'm wondering if there was someone who's hearing about adoption and wants to read more, uh, either as it relates to adoption and sanctification or adoption and justification, which authors or books would you recommend? There there aren't many good books on this, unfortunately. Uh, Children of the Living God by Sinclair Ferguson is a good basic Mm-hmm. Layton's book on adoption, I think probably the best. If you want to read the Puritans on adoption, I did a I did actually a book on that, mm-hmm. like a hundred page book, the Puritans on the adoption of God. The Puritans were said not to have addressed adoption by J.I. Packer, and I've tried to show in this book that that's wrong. And um, I actually spent a whole summer writing this book and got myself surrounded with all kinds of Puritan books on adoption. And was just amazed at the richness and fullness of the doctrine of adoption. So, of all the books I've written in my life, this one probably did the most for my own soul. Hmm. And, um, I just found it to be very, very helpful. And then I have summarized it also in a couple articles in different places, what, what the Puritans taught. But the riches, the benefits of adoption, if, if you haven't read much about it, um, get get Ferguson's book or, or or get my book on Puritans mm-hmm. adoption. I think I think you'll really be fed by it. If yep. you're a believer. I would certainly commend both of those books to any of our listeners as well. Well, Dr. Beaky, thank you for your time on this very important subject. We appreciate it and uh, and hope to speak with you again soon. Very good. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. You've been listening to Theology on the Go a podcast of placefortruth.org. Place for Truth wishes to be thoughtful and accessible and is based on the conviction that the gains of the Protestant Reformation retain their potency and ought to be maintained for the health of Christ's Church. Theology on the Go is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Our ministries include placefortruth.org, the Bible Study Hour with James Montgomery Boyce, and events such as the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology, and various Reformation societies. To learn more about the Alliance, visit alliancenet.org or call 800-488-1888. Just for listening, we'd like to equip you with free resources. Visit placefortruth.org to find a link to those resources. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.